Welcome to True Independent Media, Real News Live. Bam! All right, here we are, the six-foot hot look, all-American men of the Friday Night Fun Time Power Trio. My name is Mike Bear. I'm in Seattle, Washington, joined tonight, as always, by... The well, not as always, but occasionally. <laughs> by, for instance, Dr. Brooks Agnew somewhere in North Carolina. Uh, by the way, I am drinking a Red Hook ESB tonight uh, for my adult beverage. Brooks, how are you? It's great to have you back. And what are you drinking? Share that with the audience, please. Coffee, drinking coffee tonight. John, I went singing karaoke last night and had my fair share. Well, I, yeah. I might suggest that. Uh, you should you should try, learn to sing "All American Man" by Kiss because that's an awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I have a also, lot of voice. Tonight, the 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 stud the stud the dude in the uh, racer chair there the gamers chair uh, hanging out at the Ultra Lounge somewhere east of California is our favorite TV reporter TV's Blake Wally Blake. How are you tonight? Ooh. And let me guess, you're drinking. Box wine, right? Yeah, no, maybe. No. Wow, that's a great guess, uh, Mike. Yes, I am drinking a Liberty Creek boxed wine. It's awesome to be here. It's good to have all the whole gang here. The whole yeah. trio. It's been a while, yeah. as Brooks was just saying. So it's been a while. Forward. Some of that is my fault. Some of that is Brooks's fault, and some of that is uh, Blake's fault. So I guess that works out just fine. And um, where's our Triple green fault. bitch? You know, we got We got to get Jenny back here sometime. Where's our green Ooh. bitch? Uh, we're working on uh, working on new artwork too. Kimberly Rack, you let me down. Kimberly Rack, you let me down on the artwork. It's great to be here. Hello, truth lovers. Hello, Rick Dorman. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Deb from Sacramento. Hello, Laura. Nice to have you here. Um, hanging, uh, hanging, Moss Paranormal. Great to have you here as well. Uh, Rosemary Limo's watching from the bar. All right, guys, that's great. Um, Mr. GC, Glenn Claddock, how are you, dude? Kiss, a little kiss, yep, to start the show off. Hi, Tammy, how are you? Um, Joe Evans, Kiss Army is alive again. Susie QRN, good to see you, too. How are you? Things are getting spicy. They could be. Um, Kathleen says we're winning, small strides. Yeah. I don't know. We're not going to complain too much tonight. Tiffany Hayes made it to a live show and got a face full of kiss for her her trouble. Way to go. Uh, Ori is here. Hello. How are you? Um, Lee Evans. I have that album. Yeah. You know, if you're like an American, you have that album, right? Right. If you're not an American, you don't have that freaking album. That's all there is to it. So, um, all right. Let's see. Anybody else here that we haven't greeted yet? Lindsay is here. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? Lindsay1454. Sup? Sup? Uh, drinking that bar. Uh, at, drinking at the bar for us. Thank you, Rosemary. And let's see. Todd Gibbs is here. Uh, platitudes. Platitudes. Mike Blake and Brooks, purveyors of prescient prog prognostications. Terry Reason is here. Bill Ulm is here. Hi, Bill. How are you, man? You're not in Roswell this weekend? Why are you not in Roswell? Why am I not in Roswell? Well, it's political, so let's just uh, say it that way. And Ruben Darren, Massachusetts from, I want to say Bangladesh, Ruben Darren. Is that where you're from? All over the world. Isn't that amazing? I mean, think about this, Brooks. 15 years ago, 20, maybe maybe 20 years ago, 
this wasn't really possible. Now we can communicate with people all across the globe, and it is a globe, not a flat Earth. We could do it from 37,000 feet. We literally could probably be streaming this from an airplane if we really wanted to. I mean, it's an amazing world that we live in now, guys. So uh, Nick Lockie's here. Oki55R is here. Cindy is here. Kiss Army after so long. Yeah, Ruben Darren. Marcus Toledo. What's Brooks' take on the Titan sub-disaster? Well, I think we'll get to that. We have to catch up with Brakes. With Blake? Brooks. With Blakes. Blakes and Brooks combined is now Blakes. Uh, all right. Great. The Earth is not. Uh, the Earth is hollow. Well, there's somebody on this panel that would agree with you on that. Okay. Let's get this party started. Since uh, Brooks, since you weren't here last week, uh, Blake, if you don't mind, I want to start with a few stories from last week that I want to get uh, Brooks' take on, which you know you could always get. How can you get that, Brooks? You can go to Brooks Agnew X Squared Radio. How can people get a hold of you? If they need oh, to. it's easy. Brooksagnew.com, and there's a contact form right there. If you want to write me, I monitor that almost 24 hours a day. It doesn't get hit by any spam, so you can get right to me. All right. And, um, okay, so what I want to do is go uh, and – and what I want to deal with first is um, whatever the – freak happened fuck happened in russia a week ago <laughs> um you know i mean it, it looks like it looks like from at the outside that putin um played nato and played the cia and got them to give people that were actually double agents working for him the wagner group about six billion dollars which he kitty cat which he subsequently <laughs> used uh to um He's not going to use against NATO. At least that's my impression. I don't know if that's true, but I want to bring in Do um, Colonel Douglas McGregor, who is someone whose opinion I value highly. We're going to play a little bit of him, and then we'll get your take on it, Brooks, because I know yours is going to be really, really interesting. All right, let's get in here. Reached a conclusion that I think a lot of people in the senior ranks of the Russian army have reached, and that is two things. First, that this war has dragged on too long. And they want Putin to take decisive action to end it. And then secondly, uh, I, I think the uh, fear is that the United States will be tempted to intervene in Western Ukraine with its Polish allies and others potentially if this does not come to an end. And so Prigozhin staged this. He went down to Rostov to the theater command center. He stayed there. There was no violence, but then he dispatched 4,000 troops to go toward Moscow, 30,000 troops in the Moscow garrison were mobilized and prepared to fight, and ultimately Russian aircraft and attack helicopters were used against the 4,000 troops that Prigozhin had sent toward Moscow. So at least in Moscow, people took this very seriously. As soon as there was any indication of fighting and that anyone could be killed, Prigozhin immediately called a halt to it. Lukashenko, who has known Mr. Prigozhin for 20 years at least and is a close friend of his, spoke with Putin, who gave him permission to talk directly to Prigozhin. And the outcome was, as you say, Prigozhin leaves and goes to Belarusia. Uh, there will be no charges against him. And one of the reasons for that is that both the Wagner Group and Prigozhin are very popular with the Russian people. They see him as the kind of aggressive leader that they want on the battlefield in this war with Ukraine. So I think what we have now to expect is 
a very powerful offensive will be leashed, unleashed, that is, against the Ukrainians. And then secondly, I think you're going to see some changes at the top of the Russian command structure. I would expect General Sorovikin in particular to rise as a result of this. But Okay, um, that's his take. I want to come back to you, Dr. Brooks. What do you think of all that? Very interesting stuff, was it not? Yeah, it was. And I think uh, there were a couple of aspects that were played here. The first one and the most entertaining one was the fake stream news. They were played. They were saying things like, oh, it's a coup. It's a civil war. They read the script just like the news actors that they are. And my friends and I were just laughing about it. You guys are so being played. There is there is no way that Prigozhin left uh, Bakhmut after fighting in the streets, literally through the winter uh, until now, uh, and then coming back to Russia with the intent of of un, uh, unseating Putin. It, it was utterly, completely ridiculous. And uh, NATO was played, of course, because uh, I don't know why they even thought it was real. Uh, surely their intelligence, their spies was telling were telling them that it was not real. But the, the card that everybody's missing, nobody has talked about it. You're going to hear about it first right here. All right. Prigozhin and his Wagner group are mercenaries, which means they fight for money. They are professional soldiers. I believe that Victoria Newland and Jake Sullivan offered them money to turn on Putin. They happily accepted it and then turned on Victoria Newland as soon as they got into Russia and found that they were welcomed as war heroes, not as traitors. That is... A take that is a little different and one that some people have speculated on and everybody's like, oh, well, there's no evidence for that. There's no way you can support that. But in reality, that's the only thing that makes any sense. Exactly. The, the there's, only no way, there's no way Victoria Newland could resist this. Yeah. She has to be involved in it. So, so NATO, you know, set $6.2 billion to Russia a day or two before or to, to Ukraine a day or two before this happened, they obviously paid, I think, obviously paid Prigozhin off. And he took their money, marched up there, and then turned around and came right back at the first sign of opposition because he never intended to, to do any of that. He just took their money and ran, right? Yep. That's that's what I think. That's what I think, too. Uh, Blake, we are, we want to get your opinion on um, this. Yeah, David Lopin. Candace is no longer with us on this show. Uh, okay, so uh, TV's Blake Wally. That's an interesting yeah. scenario. I mean, I, 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 get, I don't know. What is the conventional explanation out there in the mainstream media for what happened? They just literally stopped talking about it, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they dropped the story after they were parading it around for the, the weekend. They couldn't wait. Uh, it was like their, their big move. Here it is. Now the, the war is, is turning and it's going their way, and they're finally going to get rid of their nemesis, Putin. And like they're, you know, propping this guy up. He's the hero that's going to save the day. And yeah, he probably did take the money because it was just a few days earlier that the Pentagon uh, magically found uh, six billion dollars um, just, just lying around, little uh, accounting yeah. snafu. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they tried to uh, bribe them. They need something, and they're desperate for you know, some kind of counteroffensive against the, the Russians. They haven't had that, 
And if they, yeah, they got their hopes up for uh, a, the weekend anyway. And then he turned around and it kind of all blew up in their face. And uh, it's, it's kind of spectacular to see it. So not that I'm trying to get too involved in this. We'd like to see the, the war end, but I don't like, I don't think the West is, has the moral high ground in this conflict and it's time for them to back off, stop sending money. And uh, yeah, it's, Time to retreat. It's lost cause, but I think they're just going to keep pushing it anyway. Yeah, and I, I concur with that. Um, and you know, again, what do you think, uh, Brooks? What do you think of of McGregor's point that um, that he thinks that that the Russians are tired and the Wagner Group is tired of pussyfooting around in Ukraine and they want this thing finished? And this was part of a way of them making the point to Vladimir Putin, look, let's get on with this thing and finish it. Well, pussyfooting is uh, is maybe a, a one term of putting it, but you have to understand the difference in philosophy between what NATO is doing and what Putin is doing. NATO is fighting for land. They want possession of the raw materials, the mines, the, the nuclear power plant, and all the oil and gas reserves in Crimea. That's what they want. That's what they've wanted for 20 years. Uh, Putin is fighting for people. He does not want to wipe the Ukrainian people out. All he wants to do is rid Ukraine of the Nazis that have been turning it into uh, really a killing machine since probably since 2008, but seriously since 2014 when uh, Victoria Nuland attempted to assassinate uh, Viktor Yanukovych, who was the duly elected president, right. and did assassinate 100 innocent civilians in the streets in the Maidan massacre, and then Biden took over Ukraine, and they just started shelling the crap out of the Russian states. And, I mean, you've heard the story a bunch of times where all the orphans are created and they're sold into the bio labs and they're sold as orphans all over the world, and Putin finally had to put his foot down and say, no, 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 we're not going to do that anymore. I mean, a lot of people miss the fact that when Putin crossed the border, invaded Ukraine, the first thing he came with were buses. He came with buses to take the children out of the orphanages and back to Moscow so they could be placed with Russian families. Yeah. That's um, not an invading army. Yeah. No, that's not. And, and you know, the American army went into, uh, went into Iraq and, and looted all the Sumerian cylinder seals and clay tablets uh, and stole them and replaced them with frauds. So they could have the originals from the Anunnaki. So you know, different different perspectives on what why wars happen and what people really want. And uh, it's interesting. Okay, so do you think? And I'm going to start with you, Brooks. Do you think what do you what do you think this does in terms of accelerating the end of the war? Because the reality is, it does appear to me that um, they've now you know this whole staged <clears throat> coup, and now he's in Belarus, very close to Kiev. Putin's got troops now very close to Kiev. They're fully capable of taking Kiev and all of Ukraine, and they may have to do that. To they may have to push to the Polish border, just like World War II, to finish this this you know this this fake war off. Do you think that this does accelerate that process? Do you think it does happen in the next two two or three months, or or no? Are we are we just going to stay status quo now because it's been it's been almost two weeks, and, not, and there's been no movement, really, in terms of an offensive by Russia. And this is what really makes me nervous. Uh, they should be sitting down and negotiating. 
But the future that I see is that there is dark planning under the table. And what they're really trying to do is not end this war. What they want to do is expand the war. And the only way that can happen now is with a false flag. And the issue, and of course, they've already kind of head, given us a head, heads up as how it's going to happen. Yeah. You can't use a nuclear weapon in the battlefield and do a false flag because the isotopes can be traced directly to the reactor they came from. Yeah, they have specific signatures, yeah. Exactly. But they stated that if the nuclear power plant leaks radiation and that radiation goes over the border into a NATO state, that's Article 5, and we can attack. They are, they made the announcement this week. That's their qualification. That's going to be considered, you know, the act of war. Uh, they're already trying to compromise that nuclear power plant as a false flag to make it look like Russia is doing it, but they're not. And that's my biggest worry. And, you know, we come on this program, we make these far-reaching <clears throat> statements. And I heard recently, what good does it do to see the future when we're not allowed to do anything about it. We know that there's deep evil corruption behind what's pushing this war. We know who it is. Yep. We know where they are. And we need to do something about it today. Yeah, I agree with you. Agree with you absolutely 100% on that one uh, for sure, buddy. Okay, uh, Blake, what do you think that this does? Do you think that this accelerates a Russian offensive in the end of the war? I got to fix my name or, or not. I mean, where do you see this going in the next month or two? That's going to be interesting because for all the, you know, the demonization of Putin and the Russians, he's shown tremendous restraint. Right. Uh, he probably could have just ended this war in a couple of weeks if he wanted to, you know, really on the attack for a different type of conflict, but he's trying to avoid, you know, civilian casualties. It's, it's something more to this war than what their media is trying to paint it out to be. So, yeah, there's a lot of corruption and a lot of problems there. It's right on his border. It's not secure. I don't blame him. He's done. He's spent years trying to do it diplomatically. Finally kind of got into the on the side of the border. We didn't think, oh, he's not really going to invade. And then he does. And it's just it's been a very you know, careful, methodical process. But uh, he could certainly accelerate the timeline. I just I don't know what is happening there on the ground. But um it's certainly going to be interesting to see as yeah, we uh, I mean, get through the summer. You know, as a for go, I'm sorry, Brooks, go ahead. Did you have a well, yeah, they're losing the war in the court of public opinion as well. Yeah. Look the way Putin was greeted this week as he traveled, as he went from city to city and got off, you know, in his had his well, jacket had, off and shaking I, hands. Look, People were cheering him right. and all that. And look at the way Biden is greeted. He's booed. He's he's asked questions about his corruption. They're losing the war in the court of public opinion. This mm -hmm. is what makes me very nervous. Well, more than that, they're losing the war for the hearts and souls of the American people. And oh, yeah. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, the, the protests in Paris, which we're not really going to talk about tonight, half of it is, is Islamic radicals trying to Islamize it. The other half are people who are just fed up with the left-wingers and with Macron and who want the Islamists out of their country. They want to go back to being France again. So it's like you see these uprisings happening, which, you know, somebody on this panel predicted 10, 12 years ago. <laughs> predicted that this time of, of, of uh, human history that this would start happening. But the thing is, at, at this point, what, what I'm, I'm curious about um, is – 
do you guys think I mean, do you think that this gets to an end game now or do we just continue to sit here? I mean, I am surprised nothing more has happened since 10 days ago. It should lead to an end game. It should put people at the table where they can say, okay, these four- they don't want to negotiate and they clearly don't. How do we, how do we get a negotiated settlement to the war? I mean, well, I mean, Putin's, Putin's got all the cards. Hit the four states have already had their open and fair and monitored elections. Yeah. They've already voted to accept Russian citizenship. Sorry if NATO doesn't want to accept that. But what's on the table here is not the expansion of Russia. What's on the table here is the expansion of NATO. That is what needs to stop. Yeah, yeah I agree because that's what's causing all the conflict. I mean, let's face reality. If the if the Romney and LeBaron Mormon crime families brought in <laughs> brought in Russian and Chinese bio labs and nuclear facilities and put them across our border in Chihuahua, Mexico, we would go in and clean that up. Well, under a President Trump, we would. We would go in and clean that shit up and arrest everybody and kill the bad guys and get it out of there if it was right across our border. I don't see how we can blame Russia for wanting to do the same thing. With NATO placing the biolabs that probably created the Wuhan virus right there on their border. So um, I, I am just a little bit surprised. It almost makes you think, guys, that this whole scenario that, well, there is an alliance. There's a worldwide alliance. Shinzo Abe and Xi Jinping and Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin and Trump is the economic leader and Putin is the military leader. It almost makes you think that there's really an alliance out there to destroy all these old, rotted, corrupt hierarchies and structures like the United Nations and NATO. Blake, am I crazy? No, not necessarily. It's just the rollout is a lot slower than we'd like. Yeah. So yeah. Forced to be I know there are at least two of us that wrote books on that, so I'm with you 100%. Yeah, you, you, you fucking nailed that one, Blake. All right. Okay, guys, moving mm -hmm. on. I want to go to a cultural issue. Um, things are starting to change culturally. It's beginning to feel like this. It's still so frustrating because we don't have control of the media. We don't have, you know, we still have to watch what we say on YouTube. We don't have control of the narrative. I, I can't. I can't write a JFK script for the Y Files people because they're worried about demonetization. That's ridiculous to speculate on why JFK may have been assassinated. That's ridiculous in a country that's supposed to have free speech. I had a, I had a friend uh, named Marina who just got deplatformed off of Twitter because a bunch of um, incels who will never get close to her, you know started making all these terrible claims about her, claiming she was a Nazi. I mean, I've been called a Nazi so many times in the last seven or eight years. I, I can't imagine it. And it's like, it, it's like, I can't even count. And it's crazy to me that this shit is still going on and we want it to end. And, but things are beginning to change. And what I wanted to shift to is there is a sports columnist named Jason Whitlock, a black man, who is one of the only courageous sports columnists out there. He's lost a show on Fox. He's lost a show on ESPN. I think he's with the Blaze now because he comes out and he gives his real opinion on are American blacks really oppressed? And are they really, you know, do they, I mean, he's probably got a lot to say about this affirmative action ruling and Michelle Obama. But what's really amazing to me is that a couple days ago on his show, he talked about this. And this is, to me, absolutely extraordinary. Let's go to what Jason Whitlock said 
This is great. I can't believe that a, a major news media figure said this, and he's going to be ostracized by the libtard press, I guarantee you. Let's, let's listen to Jason here. The chairman of the Obama Foundation just happens to look like your oldest daughter. And his wife, who is a doctor, who is credited with delivering your babies, just happens to look like your youngest daughter. The Obamas aren't blind, and, 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 and their family and friends, and America's not blind. Somebody has to explain this. It's worthy of an explanation, or you should have got rid of these people. And say, literally, like, distance yourself from them. You got rid of Reverend Wright, you distance yourself from him, don't make this man the head of the Obama Foundation if he looks just like your oldest daughter. And, and yeah. just the whole story, I mean, the woman delivers the baby. How, how, I mean, this woman delivers the baby and looks just like the youngest baby. Somebody, please. <laughs> so, chairman what? of the Obama Foundation. What the hell? was that oh my god this is a major sports commentator this is the same thing as if you know back in the day howard cosell would have talked about this coming right out and saying what everybody can see you know um, um epstein didn't kill himself and these are not barack obama's kids they're the kids of these two people what do you think about that tv's blake wally what do you think about him coming out and hit, hitting that last last person that did that was joan rivers and she was dead 10 days later what do you think yeah blake? Yeah, no, that's huge balls. That's awesome that he was able to do that because we can't talk about that without being called racist. See, uh, like Donald Trump or Sheriff Joe Arpaio, you can't get in, into those subjects. And yeah, people had a lot of suspicions about these uh, the Obamas, like they were just um, created, like they were just they put together as this perfect presidential couple. Uh, to be installed, show. and it look, there's been all kinds of rumors that uh, these kids were illegitimate, and yes, they would belong to one of their friends from back in Chicago, and that uh, Michelle may may not be who she says she is, and they haven't seen the uh, the old pregnancy pictures. And I don't care what their lifestyle is, as long as they were, you know, cool uh, legislators. If they were uh, on our side, great Americans, I wouldn't care about any of the things that they were uh, involved in. But they're very corrupt and they're secretive and they don't want this information. They don't want us to talk about this stuff. So kudos uh, for, for Whitlock to, uh, to throw that out to, for a different audience that might not have uh, heard something like that before. Yes, he is on the blaze. He would never be able to say that on ESPN or they would have terminated or, him or immediately. For that matter, Fox News, and I can tell you his ex-buddy, his ex-partner, Colin Coward, who used to be, used to have some common sense and just to save his job, Moved out to L.A. and has now gone complete full-on libtard. He, he's got to be just pissing his pants when Whitlock came out with this because he really helped give Whitlock his start. And now it's it slapped. It, you're getting dick slapped right back in the face, Colin, and you deserve every bit of it because your name should be Colin Coward because you're a coward for not standing up to the woke sports coverage on Fox Sports and on ESPN where you used to work. And Jason's got the balls. Jason's the one who deserves all the attention and 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 the authority and it's because he speaks with authority he speaks with clarity he speaks the truth and that's really important and blake i would only differ with you on one thing which is that that i 
to me, it's not the legislative part of it. It's the it's they're dishonest about who they are. Okay, mm -hmm. it's the dishonesty. It's the absolute lie of who they are, which is a couple of they're they're a gay couple. Let's face reality. Let's just say that. Wow, is the stream going to come down any second now? Maybe, but that's what's that's what the problem is. To me, not and not their legislative positions. It's that they're lying. They're lying about who they are, what they do, and you know, would they have any any popularity whatsoever if uh, if they really told people that? Yeah, you know, Mike used to be a linebacker and Barack. <laughs> I, I assume Barack is the top, not the bottom, because he's the guy who dresses as the male. But I don't know. TV, uh, TV's Brooks Agnew. Brooks. Any comments on Jason Whitlock's nah, I, I mean, I, we've known about this for a long time since before Joan Rivers got her uh, laryngoscopy and passed away suddenly. Yeah. Um, and the crazy thing is that even though it was in our faces, even though we were all facing it, it was sort of like the emperor's new clothes. Nobody wanted to say anything about it because you would be ostracized by, uh, by the uh, – you know, the fake stream news by what I call the global media empire. And they really put their foot down on us a couple of years ago. I think it was uh, maybe it was three years ago now. It was during uh, October, I think. They took out about 140 of us. And then about three months later, they took me and a bunch of my friends out. Uh, Google just Google just deplatformed us. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there with a hundred and something thousand followers and some of my friends had close to half a million followers and we just disappeared. They didn't just deplatform us. They deleted all of our content, you know, back in, in 21 or so 2020, uh, well actually it was 2019. If you looked up my name in Google, you get two and a half million websites. Yeah. Now you get maybe 25,000. It's, it's, it's like going back 20 years in time. All that content that we worked for years and years and years to put on YouTube, it's all gone. And and only because we were telling the truth. And that's got to end. I would love to have all that content back. I know you would like to have all your content back. We live in a post-truth um, world. Well, I saved a lot of mine because I backed it up to Odyssey when Odyssey first came out. But nobody ever finds it there. You know, you can't get Odyssey in a, in a search yeah, but once once YouTube went down, the Odyssey links all died too. I, mm -hmm. I deleted Odyssey. None of the stuff was stored there. Yeah. All they so, did is clone it. Um so you know, I think it's um I think it's it's really important to um the problem for Twitter and Twitter still has an issue for banning people that do not deserve to be banned. And I don't I don't I don't care if Marina Saren I don't even care if she is a Nazi. She has a right to speak her philosophy okay if you don't like it block her and i don't need, and i don't know that that's a fact at all i've never heard her say anything i found to be out of bounds but there's incels that go after her great they can go after you they can say anything they want about you and sometimes they can succeed especially with elon hiring some woke broad to run his company we don't know what's go, what's going on with that you know the the answer is to, is not to compete with Twitter with a bunch of lame conservative platforms like Truth and Parlay and Getter and all these other things that don't that are just echo chambers. The answer was to fix Twitter, and we're, it looks you know they made some progress along those lines. The same thing applies to YouTube. The answer is not necessarily Rumble; it's to fix YouTube. By the way, those of you over on Rumble, if you're in the Rumble chat right now, uh, let me actually go check and see if we've got it. We've got a few people. 
Sure. Um, if you're over there um, on Rumble, you can. Um, is it not started? Is it not started? Double check. Yeah, the guys oh. at Rumble are doing a, a good job for the size organization that they have. I think they're doing a pretty good I'm, job. I'm not seeing the stream started on Rumble. That is bothering me. I should to fix their search engine is kind of lousy, but um, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm trying to wow. get them to integrate their chat with uh, Restream. Once we get that done, I would like Ooh. them to get it to where we didn't have to put in a unique stream key for Shit. every single show. Well, guys, I hate to tell you this, but somehow um, it didn't get activated. Probably my fault. It should be activated now over on Rumble. But one of the ways you can support the show is you can subscribe for five bucks now. Um, yeah. To Real News Live, which is a cool thing. And to, you know, Brooks Ag News. Wow. There's people. It's still not working over there. Huh. Gosh, guys, I'm really bummed and weirded out by that. I'm going to have to save this. Oh, no, there we are. Finally. Finally, we're there. So I'm sorry for you folks over on Rumble. Um, if there's anybody still over there, uh, my bad. I think I screwed up not activating the channel. So my bad. Damn it. You I can it. upload it from uh, Mike Barrett too, probably. If you want. Yeah, yeah. And I can I can also save the I can save the recording and upload it uh, from here on Restream after that. So you don't need to worry about that. Like, but we'll take care of that. Uh, you missed the kiss opening. Damn. All right. Yeah. Um, my bad. And you missed the best part of the show so far about Brooks and all that stuff, but Brooks talking about what's going on in the Ukraine and in Russia. All right. Um, the Ukraine is a region. Ukraine is a country. I keep, I have to remind myself of that. The Ukraine. All right. Um, another thing happened culturally that was pretty interesting this week that I wanted to talk about, um, which is along these same lines. And what happened was, is that a certain prisoner named Gislaine Maxwell, <laughs> you know, and people call her Ghislaine. It's like her nickname was Jiz. Okay. So it's Gislaine <laughs> Maxwell. And we all know why her nickname was Jiz. Gislaine uh, Maxwell may reveal to the public the identities of eight highly classified men who slept with underage girls. All right. Time. That be the first two Say it. Gislaine Maxwell did not kill herself. She did not kill herself. Uh, Blake, what do you think is going to happen with this? Do you, does it fill you with uh, hope or dread? No, I think let's make a deal. But yeah, like you said, it's she probably wouldn't uh, make it very long if they she had the intentions to rat out some extremely powerful people. So I don't know who she can uh, negotiate with. Uh, I think three of them were on a submarine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's that? What? I'm sorry, what, Blake? Three of them were on a submarine, so they're not going to do anything. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Could have been. Yeah, no, I don't have much to say other than that. It's, it's taken forever to uh, to find any names. I, um, I think they care. They, actually, the Justice Department, I think, came out this week and said, oh, yeah, it was definitely a suicide for Jeffrey Epstein. But no one believes it. I believe it, it, well, his brother even came out and said, no way. 
no one's buying it. They want to hide this. They don't want to come out with it. There's going to be a lot of very, very powerful people that are going to lose everything. And, and, and um, what was yeah. disturbing to me about that announcement that, oh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself was that it was a couple days after this story broke that Ghislaine Maxwell was going to start to naming names. And that's the mm -hmm. only way to keep yourself safe is to start naming names. And, uh, yeah. you know, eight of the people, gosh, there's so many. Or should probably tell us something, you know, really, really shocking. Like Bill Clinton went there and had sex with underage girls. <laughs> wow. But, I just don't um, see how you hang yourself in a room with a seven foot ceiling with a rope made of twisted together toilet paper. <laughs> I don't know. Ask James Forrestal, who was uh, hung and strangled with his own pajama drawstrings and thrown out of a 16th floor window. So I don't know. I don't know about that one either. That was pretty crazy stuff. Um, okay. So, I, you know, again, Brooks, you got any thoughts on this Ghislaine Maxwell thing? Do you think she's going to make it to name any names? I want to see the pictures. Names right. aren't going to do me any good at all. I mean, she could name, you know, eight of the of the Trump administration for all I care. <laughs> if, they, if they don't have pictures and the pictures aren't real, she's lying. Okay. Um, and by the way, we did we did have pictures this week of uh, of Hunter Biden. Um, with his oh my God. 14, 15 year old niece, you know, choking her out, having sex with her. Uh, anybody, anybody think that's going to get around or may, is that going to penetrate the cultural consciousness at all? Or what do you think? Like, no, you can pretty much do anything. I forget who that was commentator, Sam Cedar or something, or yeah, one of the Sam's on Twitter. He deleted his account because he said it wouldn't bother him if he had you know kids in his basement. Same thing with the liberal media; it'll be so frustrating because they could show it, bring out the smoking gun, and they'll act like they don't see it or that it's somehow some kind of right wing misinformation or Russian disinformation. They're Russian just Photoshop. they're not even trying to be um, good faith anymore. They'll cover for anything. It's disgusting. And yeah, the, inf it, the stuff is so blatant and awful and they just continue to ignore it. So we just count them out of anything. Yeah, we're not going to show pictures of that on, yeah. uh, on the show tonight. Um, although there are like redacted pictures of it. I think we've all seen enough of Hunter Biden's hot dog or, you know, what looks like his hot dog. Um, I, I was actually going to go, I know those, those uh, Costco Foot, you know, the hot dogs are more than a foot long. I was yeah. gonna wear, I was gonna wear diapers and sun. Costco's beef hot dogs are like this long. They're like a foot long. I was gonna, you know, wear diapers and sunglasses and go as Hunter Biden for Halloween, but I never got a chance to find a party. This year, I'll be in Vegas for Halloween, so uh, maybe that's what I'll do. Is I'll Ooh, nice, Hunter Biden. Um, well, when are you moving? Uh, probably around Labor Day. Looks like around Labor Day. We have to. There's things that there's hurdles that have to be crossed. The the folks that are there now have to find a place in Texas and get moved out. And, and so there will you know, get moving after that. So August may not be doing too many shows in August. We'll have to wait and see. All right, uh, Brooks, another thing I want to ask you about, we talked about this last week and we played a video from James Cameron who did a brilliant analysis of the sub. And James Cameron knew Sunday, the Sunday, the same Sunday that the Navy knew that this submarine full of billionaires um, was crushed on, under the weight of the uh, ocean depths. 
while supposedly diving the Titanic, and he did a brilliant engineering analysis. I could play it again if you want me to. I don't. It's, it's about seven or eight minutes longer. Do you not really need that? Uh, that's you're, okay. You can play it. Yeah. I, okay. I'm right. Let me, a mistake. let me find it. Uh, let me find it here for a He's second. He's qualified. He did a dive to twenty three thousand feet. I think he did. Yeah. And um, and and so we'll play his uh, his interview. He actually did an interview with um, uh, of all people. Anderson Cooper. So, um, you know, I, I I tweeted out that these guys could have invested in the North Pole Inner Earth Expedition, come with us to the Arctic Circle, and live to tell about it. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's let's play this video now from uh, James Cameron and share it with everyone and get your comments on it, Brooks, because I made my engineering comments on it last week, and uh, now we need you. All right. Let's go. I believe now that they had some warning, that they heard some acoustic signature of the, the hull beginning to delaminate. An investigation will hopefully eventually show what, what did happen because we all need to know as we go forward. The deep submergence community needs to know exactly what happened. You've made dozens of, I mean, just extraordinary deep water expeditions, including more than 30 to the Titanic itself. You've also gone far deeper than the 13,000 feet where the Titanic is. I think you've gone deeper than yeah. just about anybody in, into the ocean. I, I wrote it uh, into, uh, I forgot the name of the, the place you went, but the Challenger Deep, which is Challenger just extraordinary. Deep, yeah. You went yeah. in your own design. Yeah, you went in your own designed craft that's a submersible that was experimental and didn't go through the sort of the standard safety protocols. But Correct. the difference is you were not taking passengers on board. Would you exactly. ever have taken passengers on board uh, a submersible that had not gone through the standard no. maritime safety protocols? No, not at all. I mean, my sub that I went to the to the Challenger Deep dove safely three times deeper than than Titanic. Um, we made multiple dives in that in that sub. Um, that sub was a single seater. And it was only contemplated that myself and the engineer with whom I co-designed the vehicle would be the only pilots of that sub. And we worked on it for seven years. We knew every detail of it intimately. I was involved in every phase of the testing. So, uh, you know, I, I assessed the risks. I understood them very well. And those were risks I was willing to take. I would never take it upon myself to ask someone else to take that type of risk. Um, and if I were designing a multi-seat vehicle where I intended to be the pilot, we'd go through all of the rigorous test protocols and review protocols that you have with, let's say, ABS, which is the American Bureau of Shipping, or DNV, uh, or German Lloyds, who are the major um, you know, bureaus that, that class a sub. They call it classing, but it's basically certification. Um, and I think it was unconscionable that, that uh, this group did not go through that rigorous process. Oh, did I lose it? Okay, yeah, that's the end of it. All right, so uh, there's a longer version of that one. So, uh, Blake, Brooks, Brooks, Blake, Brooks, what do you think well, about it? I mean, it, it's clear that the ship was flawed. I, I wouldn't... Uh, I really wouldn't know what to think about it. When you get down just so deep and you start hearing the thing. He went on to say that, that a carbon fiber shell design like that. Yeah, that, that's it's, not designed. There's going to get, you know, water's going to get in there. I, I worked on a Boeing 757 and we were still 
uh, doing, you know, just early sustaining work when one of them, we had Kevlar, we had Kevlar elevators and, and it was a wet, rainy flight and water got into the Kevlar and the whole elevator delaminated in mid flight. And they, you know, they got the plane down, but it was like, that was in 1980 and, uh, uh, Kevlar and, and, uh, carbon fiber are not that different. And you can get microscopic penetrations and cracks. And when water gets in there, toast well the one thing about carbon fiber is it does not flex it's very rigid it's one of the reasons why a lot of the key components especially wings are made of titanium and aluminum because they're designed to work like shock absorbers you know like they'll spring and they'll flex for decades carbon fiber is not meant to do that every single time it bends strands break because it's all tensile movement with carbon fiber. The other thing with carbon fiber that, and I've built a bunch of vehicles out of carbon fiber, and one of the things that you overlook when you're doing that is that carbon fiber has to be refrigerated before you use it because it will rot. It's just like bread, it will rot. Bacteria will eat it because it's organic. Yep. So you have to keep it refrigerated. That's why, and you know, when we make carbon fiber, usually we use chop. These are short fibers that are that are chopped up short, and then you laminate them with rosin, and it does add strength, but it's not as strong as, say, a fabric, which is carbon fiber, which are long strands that are woven together. But that stuff will rot. And if you're not careful with how you put it together, it looks great. We had several F-117 stealth bombers that are stealth fighters that came delaminated in flight and crashed. Pilots lived, but when the wing starts coming apart, <laughs> there's no saving it. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like it, it went. Now, what do you think about the fact that the Biden administration, the Navy, knew this thing had imploded on Sunday and didn't tell anybody until Friday covering up the whole Hunter Biden indictment scandal and plea plea bargain and all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, I it, it's it, it makes me nauseated and I know it does uh, uh Blake too that the press plays the headlines. Um, the same thing happened when uh, when Bill Clinton was being impeached and his reputation was being sullied on live TV. What did they do? They did the Kosovo show. They started the Kosovo War and went and gave Slobodan Milosevic 45 days of pure hell yeah. uh, in order to get change the headlines. Yep. That's why we have school shootings on schedule to change yep. the headlines. Yep. And that's what they use this sub-implosion for, and it makes me sick. It also makes me concerned, Blake, that the bad guys are still in control, if not total control, the majority of control. I would like that to not be the case. What do you think? Do you agree with me or disagree? Uh, it, it's possible. And yeah, they kind of ran like a, you know, wag the dog type of uh, scenario. It's a great movie uh, I think based off of that Bill Clinton Kosovo thing. So they're, they're certainly capable. At least they didn't, I don't think they did any fundraising off of it. So that's at least a, a positive. Um, but yeah, it, it's sick that they would actually go through with that. And why was it to cover up the hunter scandals or something else? But that way that they can, you know, operate with the press to uh, to cover certain stories or not talk about other stories. Yeah, they still have a lot of power and control, but they're losing their numbers and they're losing their credibility. 
So they're kind yeah. of a paper tiger, but they're still in charge. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, also, uh, I wanted to focus in on something else here, which is the Supreme Court made three rulings this week, which most of us will probably be pretty happy about. They said no more affirmative action in higher education, no more quotas, which have been morally wrong and have been morally wrong for since the 1970s when they started. They said, uh, no, the president cannot just automatically forgive your student loans. You took out a loan, you have to pay it back. That's the way it works in America, which, you know, may or may not be changing depending on the Sarah. And they also ruled on, um, you don't have to bake a cake for a gay person if you're a Christian, which is all three are great rulings, but this brought about some protests. And I wanted to show you guys, uh, show you guys some of the protests here. Uh, let me find the exact right one. Uh, not that one, not that one. Where is it? Where did I go with that? Uh, hang on. Okay. Yeah. Just want to get the right. So there were protests um, in, in the streets uh because of these supreme court rulings and i wanted to um I wanted to show you guys these protests because um they're, they're just really intense it really caught my attention it really really caught my attention here's the protests i think in new york city uh here I'm sorry, they're trying to get admitted to school? What? what is I, I don't know, but it was an awesome protest, and thank you very much, ladies. Wow. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank God it wasn't, you know, the usual. Protest, protest. some more. No, yeah, no, the no, pride no. videos were bad last at week. At least it wasn't Madonna. Except for it. Yeah, no, Madonna, nobody wants to look at you, Nick. By the way, Madonna went to the hospital because of the jab this week. All right, so we got that one out of the way, uh, but this is an actual tweet from a libtard. This is an actual tweet, okay? I, I gotta read this to you, it's insane. This woman is named Erica Marsh. She works for the White House, I think, in some capacity. Get this, today's Supreme Court decision is a direct attack on black people. No black person will be able to succeed in a merit-based system, which is exactly why affirmative action-based programs were needed. Today's decision is a travesty. Uh, okay. I'm going to read that again. This is what progressives really think of black people in America and black voters. No black person will be able to succeed in a merit-based system. She literally said the quiet part out loud. Oh I, I, yeah. Jason Whitlock, I don't know what he's making, but he's making at least $2 million a year more than I'm making. I think he's succeeded in a merit-based system. Blake? What do you say to that level of insanity? I mean, she literally said, we think black people are too stupid to succeed on their own in America. That's what yeah, she said. it's sad that DNC is stooped to this level. And these are like the paid operatives uh, with the DNC, the White House, the, these Gen Z people. Harry Sisson is another one. 
Yeah. Uh, so they just get these people. They have like no understanding of history and they get a bunch of money and they say the most delusional shit imaginable. And I think a lot of them actually believe it. So they're kind of useful idiots uh, in one way. But yeah, hopefully, um, but I mean, they're, they're trying to get all the TikTokers and these these stupid little sound bites. So it's up to us to, you know, call it out. And that was certainly some uh, low hanging fruit and it was great. But uh, yeah, it's going to be this battle for the next uh year and a half as we uh, head into the election so it's going to be interesting to uh see this battle unfold on social media black people of course are incapable of being successful in america because racism um yeah if you, look at, if you look at asian people and latinos they do very well in america but apparently we're not racist against asians and latinos just blacks and that's literally what the liberals think. They're insane people. They're crazy. I mean, what can you say about these people other than then they're insane, Brooks? I, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted that she would actually say that. I mean, it's a sort of like I had. I met this guy. He made signs out, printed in English. It said, bees, stay away. And he hung these signs on these flower bushes by his house. And I thought, well, maybe he's trying to alert people that there are bees on the bushes. So stay away from the bushes or you'll get stung. But then I realized, no, 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 no. The signs were for the bees. Bees, stay away. That's what he was trying to say. This <laughs> woman made the most racist statement I have ever heard yeah. in my life. That, that actually is racist, what she said. To, to say that because people's skin is a different color than yours they have no merit in society that just blows i'll tell you if black people heard that they would say what are you talking about i have a driver's license i graduated high school on my own you know i can pass uh, any exam you put in front of me i can learn that i just that's just crazy i cannot believe she said that and she really believes it yeah. Well, now people now people are trying to say it's it's it was a satire, and somebody who was in over here said um, it must be it wasn't it, it wasn't satire. satire. No, it was not satire. Uh, where is it? Oh yeah, I thought Les uh, Leslie said I thought the tweet read today's decision was a transvestite. <laughs> oh, it's a travesty. It's a travesty. It did not say anything about about Bruce Jenner or or Michelle Obama. Um, Wow, it's it's literally. I do know that there are major global corporations that believe just that. I recall a wrongful discharge lawsuit that was taking place, and uh, during the intermission, you know, they took a break and they were coming back, but the judge hadn't arrived yet, and there was a conversation going on between this black engineer that had been fired from the firm and the uh, uh, managing engineer that had fired him. And the, uh, the black engineer said, you know, I'm, I'm suing you because you fired me because I'm black. And the engineer, the manager couldn't take it any longer. He said, no, 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 I hired you because you're black. I fired you because you're worthless. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, okay, all right, that's what quotas do. All right, one more issue. Um, after the affirmative action decision, which is well founded, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you can. <laughs> the insanity of 
of trying to make up for discrimination based on skin color by discriminating based on skin color is beyond anything that I Michelle would Obama said it the best in her letter. She said she was at a school where she felt like people were looking at her because she was there because of affirmative action, but she felt like she belonged. Yeah, I don't she think anybody else said it better. I don't think anybody else thinks he belonged, but that's okay. Uh, all right, I have one other thing I want to go to after that decision. Now, this week, Robert F. Kennedy did an interview on CNN. You know, he he handled himself very well. He talked about all the problems with the government and corruption. And I think a lot of people thought, well, this guy, in spite of some of his crazy statements about climate, is an okay guy. But then he came out. Um, he came out after the Supreme Court decision, and he said this. I'm going to read the tweet. He tweeted out um, this particular tweet. He said, "The Supreme regarding the Supreme Court uh, banning affirmative action in higher education. I know many Americans feel that purely race-based decisions are unfair. Yeah, like every American should feel that way, Bob. However, this feeling misses important context. The effects of racist pro." Policies going back centuries are now self-perpetuating. No, they're not. Affirmative action understands this and uses race-based policies to undo the effect of racist policies. No, it doesn't. Colorblind admissions tend to favor those who are already in the circle of privilege. It favors those that grew up in affluent, educated households. Wouldn't you like to invite in those who have been left out in the cold? Yes, but they should make it on merit. That's why this system should be based solely on merit a lot of people blake think he did a lot of damage to his campaign from independence and anybody on the republican side who might be thinking about supporting him with that what do you think what say you yeah it's uh he's kind of old school liberal and i, I get that there was a reason for affirmative action because they thought certain people were being discriminated and that did happen and people with their names or what have you but they kind of overplayed it and took it out of balance so i think they need to they need to bring it back this isn't the 1960s it's not as discriminatory as it used to be and now they're getting too many of the wrong people in there when there's that are getting and the good people are getting looked over so now it's bad that way so i think it's good that they just got rid of it supreme court you know stay out of it and let it proceed a different way but yeah it's interesting because i'm i'm I like that he's, you know, ballsy enough to uh, to put out opinions that aren't necessarily going to be popular with a specific audience, and he's throwing it out there. And it's we're going to fire it back, and then see if he changes his mind. That's what also that's great to see that he's adaptable into seeing what uh, the people out there do like. So yeah. we'll see how he uh, evolves as he uh, runs, because he well, we need a good challenger to Biden administration. He's got to go. So. I'd love yeah. to see RFK take over. Yeah, he was against he was against that forced vaccines unless they followed certain protocols, and then he was in favor of forced vaccines. So, I don't know. I I like a lot of him what he says, but a lot of it I do not like. And um, you know, as my mom would have called him, he's a wild-eyed liberal. He also went on Bill Maher's show and talked about um, the assassination of his father, Robert and how he thought there was some sort of conspiracy or two shooters. I, I'm not an expert in that assassination. I do consider myself something of an expert in the John F. Kennedy assassination, but not in this one. But from everything I've seen, I mean, the reality is Sirhan walked up to him, pointed a gun at him, 
Bobby turned and Sirhan shot him in the back, just below the ear, when he started firing the gun. And Rosie Greer was right there, and he tackled the guy. And I mean, hundreds of people saw it. So I don't know about that. What do you What do you think, Brooks? You got anything to add to that? First of all, I like your comments on what he said about affirmative action and whether or not it hurt his campaign. And if you have anything to say about what he's saying now about the assassination of his father, I, I think conspiracy theories in that assassination are fairly far-fetched. Well, on the first part, I'm going to try to restrain myself. But that's a bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> okay, my parents came over, or my ancestors came over during the potato famine in the late 1700s. And they had nothing. Absolutely nothing. And when I was raised, I lived in the study of my grandparents' home. And I was so poor when I graduated high school, I had to enter the Air Force in order to get the GI Bill to go to college. Mm -hmm. I had no damn privilege, skin color or otherwise. My merit started with my ugly ass, and I worked my butt off, and nobody gave me a damn thing. Mm -hmm. And I made it on my own. That's how you end racism you get out there and you do it on your own you don't make excuses saying well my mother couldn't read yeah well so what you can yep do it on your own there is no safety net in this life so kiss my ass kennedy uh as for the assassination uh, i don't have any opinion other than to say i know for an absolute fact because one of my best friends is mike barra that John F. Kennedy was assassinated by an institution and uh, not by any one assassin. Right. By MJ-12 is what I'm going to say. Um, that's very passionate and very well-spoken. And I've said often that there's no free speech on Twitter or anywhere until you can quote chapter and verse from the script to Blazing Saddles. And nobody <laughs> can do that tonight. And there's a line at the end where the movie's ending. And there's, there's black people in this town, and there's Chinese people, Chinese railroad worker, workers. And at the end of it, they're trying to convince them, you know, look, let's, let's all live together in peace and harmony. The, the head of the town, the townsman, he goes, I'm not going to be able to say these words. All right, we'll take the nurse and the things. But we don't want the Irish. So they'll take the blacks <laughs> and the Chinese, but we don't want the Irish. And, and the thing is, it's an absurd line. But it makes the point through the absurdity, which is that the Irish were just as discriminated against and the Italians were just as discriminated against as anybody ever has been, as the blacks have been, as the Asians have been, as any other Latinos, whatever. They were just as discriminated against because that's the way the world worked back in those days. And to sit there and pretend that you should get some special treatment because you're black. Well, what about the Italians that were discriminated against in America? What about the Irish that were discriminated against? They had to work for everything they had. And there's a line from another great movie. Um, uh, what's a Jack Nicholson movie with Matt Damon? The Departed. The Departed. And he says, nobody gives you shit in this world. You got to take it. And that's what yeah. these people did. That's what these Americans did. That's how you made a life in America. And so, Brooks, I, I, I'm with your passion, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think this, I think anybody who supports affirmative action doesn't have a clue what America is supposed to be about. And they hurt everybody, because yeah. you know I worked for a very large Japanese corporation for a number of years, almost a decade. 
Do you know they had a company-wide policy not to hire black engineers? You know why? Because they were afraid that the degree did not wasn't a merit to them. It was a gift to them. Yeah. And they, they didn't want the problems. And it, and it was not like that before affirmative action. I started at Boeing exactly. before affirmative action, and there were a few black engineers, and they were good because they had to be. They had to be really good or they wouldn't have gotten hired. And, um, you know, after that, I mean, I, a guy I went to school with, you know, he did one day he just stopped showing up. Black guy just stopped showing up. The Boeing rule was you don't show up for three days or call in, you're fired. That's right. Went on for a week, didn't fire him. Ten days, didn't fire him. I'm walking past my boss's office two weeks after, two weeks on Monday after he's not shown up. Let's give him one more week. Because they had to meet some stupid affirmative action government quota to have X number of black people employed in the engineering department. This guy, I don't know, he went on a cocaine bender or something or Colt 45. I don't know. He went off on a bender, didn't show up for three or four weeks. If he'd been white, he would have been fired three days after three days, just exactly the way it was. And that's when I knew the whole system was rigged and the whole system was screwy because the guy should have been fired. Not because he was black, but because he didn't show up for work like he's supposed to. So the rules have to apply equally to everyone or their rules are worthless. And unfortunately, we're living in a country where that's not the case right now. All right. One more issue I want to talk about before we go. Andy McCarthy, who is a never Trump Republican, um, is trying to argue that this case against Trump over these documents, which are A, not classified, B, Trump's documents, C, he had already declassified, uh, see, there was a recording this week where Trump was talking to people and, you know, shuffling papers. And they're trying to say that he was showing them a secret plan to invade Iran, which was classified, which, by the way, the plan was illegal. It was treason by General Milley. Trump stopped it. And he was talking about this. And the recording is supposedly, oh, they're trying to, you know, again, they're trying to damage Trump. And so he tweeted out this stuff, and he got himself into all kinds of trouble. Let me see if I can find one of his more ridiculous tweets. One of his more ridiculous tweets. 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 Uh, yeah, here it is. Andy McCarthy. Um, it's remarkable, though I guess not surprising, that Trump could be on tape admitting he possesses secret documents and no longer has power to declassify them. Yet his minions, I think he meant to say, argue that what matters is not what he said, but whether the DOG has a document he happened, he happened to be referring to. That's the only thing is that is that he made a big stink out of this, um, made a big stink out of these documents, which it turns out aren't even part of the, you know, sham investigation into Donald Trump in the first place. It's a total lie. And he didn't show it to anybody. But it also indicates that Trump is being recorded by pretty much everybody he's in a room with. He was just shuffling some, apparently shuffling some documents in a box. So Jack Posobiec and a few others absolutely took this guy to the cleaners. And what I'm asking, I guess, Blake, we'll start with you, is what hope do we have when so many people that should be on our side, the side of freedom, are on their side because Trump is going to expose how corrupt they all are? Yeah, it's interesting to see them keep... Uh coming after him for heavy things. Uh, they've impeached him twice. Uh, that didn't work. And then they've dropped the case, I guess, in, in New York with Alvin Bragg. They're trying to indict him for that. And now they're going after this one heavy. They raided his home in Mar-a-Lago. I uh, mean, this huge stink about the classified docs, even though they're not applying this equally because turns out Joe Biden and he was VP when he 
stack. So it never made any sense. Yeah, then they had this leak. I guess that was maybe another type of distraction because then, yeah, it acted like it was a huge bombshell, and then it turned out that it had nothing to do with anything. So yeah, absolutely they, they keep a sham. We and they don't pay any attention to the fact that the, the, the boxes of documents were stored in the Penn Biden Center, yeah. which the Chinese had access to. Yeah. And, and, and in his garage. And his paid for. Yeah. They yeah. paid for the suite and they made huge donations to Penn State. They had access to real classified information. And you know what? We still don't know what was in that information. Ted Cruz and I believe Jim... Jordan asked for what are the documents that were in the boxes in Biden's garage and the FBI refuses to tell them. All right. Predictions. Let's uh, finish the show up with some predictions. It's one week. Uh, tomorrow is July 1st. We have the 4th of July weekend coming up. Our next show is on the 7th. I predict there will be dramatic financial turbulence by the time we do our next show. And by that, I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know if I'm saying stock market collapse or commodities increase or massive inflation, I think something significant is going to happen in the financial markets over the next few days that's going to start to change the narrative. That's just what I'm thinking. I think it'll increase pressure on the Biden administration to resign. And it's funny, by the way, we have these scenarios where, oh, well, Kamala Harris won't be president for, 50, you know, not even for 15 minutes because nobody wants her to be president. And, and so she'll be forced to resign as well. Interesting, even liberals are starting to say this now, that after Biden's gone, we can't have Kamala Harris. So interesting stuff. But I do think something will happen that will increase pressure on them this week. Uh, Brooks, do you have any predictions for the week coming up? Do I don't think, think they're going to be financial upheaval uh, because uh, business is doing too well. In fact, growth is doing so well that Powell's considering raising rates again. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows that inflation is caused by printing money not through growth but business is growing because business is good people are working companies are making money and that's what you want in an economy so i think that is what's backing the stock market and that's going to be very hard pressed to crash but i do see an international currency ripple coming we are have been in a currency war for about seven years now the yen the yuan uh, the euro and the dollar are all in competition, and the dollar has really lost a lot of ground as the reserve currency. Yep. So I do see a currency shakeup, and it may happen next month. That's kind of what I'm talking about. And tomorrow is next month. Uh, TV's Blake Wally, any predictions for next week? Sorry, I should I should have warned you guys before the show. Let's all have a prediction for the end of the show. But I didn't I didn't do that. You're on the spot. Got anything? Anything comes to mind that you expect to happen this week? Blake? It's crazy because I actually have the exact same prediction, and I probably have uh, different sources on this. And this is oh. something I just picked up a couple of days ago, and they actually predicted it for July 3rd, Monday. I don't remember the exact specifics, but it is have something to do with a revaluation of the dollar, not in a good way. And it's because of, yeah, the rust, the rise of, of Russia and China and these other countries that are getting out of the dollar and using different currencies. And yeah. that is going uh, to have an impact at some point. They can't keep playing this game forever. And wow. if people start dumping the dollar, these countries, we're in for a lot of trouble. And well, there I, might be a pivotal moment this week. We'll see. 
I consider currency to be a financial thing, Brooks. So I think we're all on the same page. Wow, that's yeah, pretty weird. I mean, yeah, but you know, even the thing about it is, we have two systems here. We have a system of value, which is work and the stuff that we want to buy, and we have the system of exchange, which is the money. And the money is what has become unstable because uh, corrupt world leaders, namely the Biden family, have uh, have really uh, attacked this system of exchange we have that we call the dollar. So even if the system of exchange crashes, if you have substantial assets that act as currency, i.e. silver or gold, mm-hmm. you're going to be fine no matter what currency ends up you know, being the lead. Yeah, because yeah, they're all going to be backed by silver and gold. That's right. That's right. Now, if you've got $40 million in uh, in uh, Silicon Valley Bank, I feel for you. Yeah. Yeah, you're in trouble. Okay, guys, that's going to be an uh, interesting. Um, uh, Zeke says, I work for a company with 10,000 employees. If you're white and not a woman, you are screwed. Zero opportunity. Yeah, the, the most... You know, the most endangered species on the planet is the white leading man in Hollywood. It just they don't exist anymore. I mean, you got you got this guy Anson Mount who's supposed to be the star of the new Star Trek show, and he's never on his own show. It's all these women, and it's just not, and aliens, and anybody but the white guy. All right, uh, that's going to wrap the show up. Thank you guys for being here. Any any final thoughts, uh, Blake? Um, not really. I can check out the next level news. I'm doing a couple shows there. Um, a week been pretty busy lately but uh yeah doing lots of stuff staying active so you can check that out if you want to check out the archive i guess thank you that's about all i got that's about all we got yeah thank you okay guys uh that's gonna wrap it up uh brooks any final thoughts yeah uh don't forget about september now i know summer's gonna blow by really fast y'all got vacations or projects you're building but you have to be in vegas in september mike and i are going to be there brad's going to be there lauren's going to be there a lot of the leading speakers in the world are going to be there it's cheap to go to it it's pretty much local to everybody in the western united states come to vegas in september the links are on our websites just click on it and buy your ticket all right thanks guys for being here no show with me and jen on monday jen's taking monday off blame her don't blame me i may do an update if there's something to talk about and uh if not i will be back i guess tuesday or wednesday of next week i'm just really not sure it's going to be a ways away september in las vegas don't forget to hit our wonderful sponsors the cbd gurus and cbdgurus.com and those of you over on rumble don't forget to hit the subscribe button and uh send five bucks our way for the show that would be good and uh, wow, the video is frozen. We had real rumble trouble trouble tonight. I'm going to uh, here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to download the restream copy of tonight's yeah. full stream, and I will upload it um, on the Rumble channel, Real News Live, in uh, to replace the stream that I screwed up and didn't get started on time, and link that to MikeBarrett.blogspot.com. So, but I'm going to still delete it off YouTube. Love you guys. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Yeah. Be have a great, independent. Have a great 4th of July and be independent. We love you all. Good night. Have a great weekend. Bye.